Hey everyone, welcome back to Living Beyond Sunday podcast where Pastor Mike and I talk about uh, the everyday Christian life and what that looks like. Uh, today we're going to talk about a maybe a more philosophical pr- uh, point or uh, topic, but um, I think it is applicable to people we interact with in everyday Christian life and people you're going to talk to on the street or at school or wherever you interact with people as you navigate what their spiritual story is and where they're at with Christianity. Um, Pastor Mike had said something the, uh, the other day about how uh, he feels like um, a lot of people have not actually rejected actual Christianity, but they've rejected um, kind of a, a compilation of man-made traditions and rules uh, that are masqueraded as Christianity. And I just wanted to use this this time to unpack that a little more. What do you, Unpack that statement. Yeah, no, I, I believe this firmly because for so long the church has held up so many um, traditions uh, and so many practices and has given little explanation um, and then judge people very harshly based off of them. And what it does is it leaves people rejecting those traditions and not actually reject- rejecting Christianity. Because we're talking about rejecting Christianity. We're talking about re- rejecting the person and work of Jesus. Um, now, how we live that out, um, that's through the vehicle of the local church, absolutely. But but when we talk about these people that are rejecting Christianity, I think by and large they're rejecting um, remnants of what should be a healthy local church. But they're, they're rejecting traditions and and man-imposed rules that they felt unbelievably judged by and very much unwelcome because of. Yeah, I mean, I think um, it's all churches just historically have not done a great job on this, but what are some examples of, of like, I guess more so in our life and maybe a little bit of the generation before rules that were masqueraded as, as law but were not actual Christianity? Yeah, and to be fair, and, and you know, it didn't start with with us in our culture. It didn't even start the past hundred years. But I mean, you go all the way back to the Pharisees, right? And they had hedged the law, and I think this is the the root of it, right? Like they had hedged the law that God had given them, uh, that ultimately was designed to point them to Him and for them to see His goodness that was revealed through Christ and His fulfillment of the law. And they hedged it, and they started putting all their eggs in the basket of the the hedges that they had created. So we do the same thing, right? Like all of a sudden, we get the institution of of the church. And we start to institute uh, these different practices like how we can worship and what we should wear and whether or not we should have tattoos and whether or not we should drink alcohol. And, um, you know, we've got different rituals that we adhere to in the way that we go about service. And, um, and, and so we ended up with a lot of these rules that, man, they were central within the church. And so somebody walks in and they have tattoos, immediate judging, right? Somebody goes out back and smokes a cigarette. You know, you hear stories about deacons going out back smoking a cigarette. It's like judgment. You know, I, I can't believe they're doing that, you know, and. Um, and, and you just get these um, these labels on people based off of whether or not they adhere to these these rules that, man, when you, you look in Scripture, you just don't see them, right? Like, <laughs> we don't see that at all. Like, there's there's actually a lot of freedom given to the church. There's very few, like, things that we're called yeah, to do. That, that's, like, alcohol is a big one that yep. I've always, I mean, you just Baptist culture, kind of general Southern Americanized Christianity has said that you know, drinking is, is wrong. I just, I've always wondered like, man, where do you get that? Like I get being drunk is wrong. A hundred percent. It's, it's stated in scripture, but Jesus turned water into wine. Like, yeah, I mean, his first miracle, he fixes a broken tap. Yeah. I mean, we're just being honest. At a wedding. Right. At a party. Right. And I'm like, well, uh, I mean, there's, there's that. And then worship style, like you said, um, 
you said there's freedom in a lot of this. So like there's, and, and Paul speaks this, right? Like bear each other's burdens and, and don't be a stumbling block. Um, so if, if like my, say my conviction was that I shouldn't drink, um, it would be Christian to say that, okay, we shouldn't drink around Jonathan because he, he feels like that is, uh, is wrong in order to bear that burden. But how do we also navigate for ourselves, like rejecting man-made traditions in order to, to determine what is actually Christian, like Christian doctrine? Yeah. I mean, I think it's, um, one, we've got to be steeped in the Bible. Like we've got to understand what the Bible calls the church to and what the Bible calls the Christian to. And there is certainly wisdom around certain things. Like alcohol, by all means, there should be wisdom. If if you're prone to drunkenness, then don't drink. You know, be a teetotaler. Uh, but don't just be a teetotaler because you think somehow the Bible says that, because it doesn't. Um, and then don't judge people based off of that. And even if you are somebody that struggles with alcoholism and you don't drink, you still shouldn't hold that over people's head. And I just use alcohol as an example. You could do that with other things as well. Yeah, tobacco. Yeah, it's like for some people, if you're a, I mean, if, if you're a legitimate chain smoker, that's just not healthy. And so... Um, maybe you don't need to smoke and you just stay away from tobacco, you know, um, for the sake of your health, you know, just, just wise counsel, you yeah. know. Um, now, does that make you a sinner? Because no. Now, is there an addiction problem? Maybe that we need to address, but there's also, you know, it, there's a lot Mike, to that. Do you think dancing's wrong? I do not think dancing is wrong. Absolutely. I mean, I mean David, David, for example, <laughs> I mean, he stripped down his underpants. So, I mean, I, you know, I'm not advocating for that in the, in the church gathering this weekend, but I mean, this is how I need, you know, I'll become un, more undignified than this. So it's like, you know, praising the Lord. And so, yeah, I mean, I think we just got to be mindful that, and I will say this about, you know, I think there's kind of two categories. There's been, you know, rules that have been, you know, kind of implemented and instituted on people that have been held up, things like tattoos and drinking and tobacco and things like that. But then I think there's like rituals that we've imposed as well. And I think there's kind of those two categories because some of these rituals, like the church meant well. So like with Sunday best, right? You know, the, the goal is we want to present ourselves before the Lord because he is holy and worthy. Right. We want to wear our Sunday's yeah. best. We want to wear our best clothes, our you know, take a shower. <laughs> yeah, because we honor and we respect the Lord. Right. I think I think that was at the heart of it. The problem is, is it presents uh, something on the outside of we've got to clean ourselves up before the Lord, right? Or we 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 have to now wear our best. And so, what does this do? Well, for people that don't have Sunday best and they come strolling in on a Sunday morning and everybody's dressed up in Sunday best, what does that mean for them? Yeah, I th- I agree. I I mean, I grew up under kind of a Sunday's best culture. I think the heart of it is 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 good. Also, though, like you look at Scripture, like Paul says, your good works are like filthy rags i mean to to the lord and like it's not us who clean ourselves up before god it's god who cleans us up that's right so i mean um but yeah so so the heart of it was good it just wasn't necessarily executed no and i mean i think another one that's that we're seeing a lot of the 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 impact of today is this whole god and country thing i think that the heart of it initially was a good thing in the sense of you know, we want, you know, to see Christian values played out in the world. I, I think that was the the heartbeat. There was a well-meaning behind it. So, man, we really want to make sure that we are vocal about our values. Well, what happened was over time is that became a shift to where the war came on culture. And it's like, we got to have this culture war. And we cared more about that than we did the pursuit of Christ. And so then you've got this united front. Uh, it's really syncretism where you synchronize American holidays with the with the church. And so now you have the the American Christian church, you know, that we yeah. don't see in scripture. Or you've got, I don't know about for you, but growing up, we had every American holiday was celebrated in our Christian church. And so there's just, we synchronize all these holidays. So it makes you feel like, well, being, you know, 
pro God is lumped with being, you know, pro, pro country, pro America. Yeah. yeah, and then you know, it's like, man, and so what do we get from that? Well, now we have nationalism, and you know, we end up with uh, supremacy issues and white supremacy and different things, and it's like those are the byproduct of having an unhealthy tradition that played out over time that was never put in check, and we don't see that in Scripture. I mean, there, there's, yeah, I you mean, know, what Paul says, submit to to your rulers, but he also. I mean, the New Testament would say we're citizens of a new kingdom, like right. Christ's kingdom. Doesn't mean that you're, you know, uh, you can't love your country. Right. Like, surely, like, I love America. I love the freedoms we have here. I'm appreciative of that. But at the end of the day, like, I'm I'm excited for the new kingdom that yeah. Jesus is going to come back to establish. Um, I, I also grew up, like, I've been to churches where, you know, you had the Christian flag, you had the American flag right next to the pulpit. And it was like, man, you know, or you would have a July 4th message. I mean, it was oh, yeah. like, and you know, I, I just think there's a lot of damage that that's done, especially nowadays where people have rejected that and almost rightly so because it, it was a, it was almost a gospelless Christianity in a lot of ways. Yeah. I mean, what, what it made was, um, you know, the, the kind of the way this played out was now there's a, there's a Christian party that you're a part of or should be a part of. And, and depending on, you know, where you are in the country and, and so many other factors, that's one of multiple parties, you know? Um, but, but we begin to identify as Christians, begin to identify with one party or the other and saying like, this is the way. And it's like, we started to dilute our minds to thinking that somehow we are a Christian nation that's diverted from our Christian, you know, Judeo-Christian values. And it's like, no, we, we are not a Christian nation. We weren't formed on Christian principles uh, yeah, or values. The and majority so, of the founders were deists. Yeah. It's like not even close. If anything, it was moralist, you yeah, know, more They referenced the Bible because they thought they, they would say they thought it was a good moral book. Yeah, and they, this is the same people that use the Bible to also enforce slavery and, and right. you know things like that. So we had very um, devious culture, and so we're, we're not a Christian nation that's wondered. Uh, we're a very secular, sinful nation that desperately needs the hope of the gospel, and so we've got to lead with Jesus and and not assume this war on culture. And so what's happened over time is we, we insert these American traditions into the church, and then we see that the byproduct is is unhelpful and ineffective. The, the other category is these other rules that we've imposed, um, like we talked about earlier, to, tobacco, alcohol, dancing. You know, I mean, gosh, there's a list goes on, like you shouldn't uh, ever go to court, and you shouldn't have a lawyer, and you shouldn't do insurance. I mean, there's all these things historically. I've never heard those. Yeah, that were, that were lined and lawyers? Out. Yeah, it's, like, it's a trust issue and, and you know, all these different things. It's like, man, we just we don't see that in, in Scripture. And so what we've done is, just like the Pharisees, in our own way, we've, we've hedged, you know, Christian principles and values when really there's a ton of freedom in the church. Church. Come as you are, um, you know, and and gather together as a committed local body. Sing songs over each other, sing songs, hymns, and spiritual songs over one another. Exhort the word and yep. submit to local pastors and elders, and then be the hands and feet of Jesus. Yep. That's what it means to be the church. Yep. And so, anything else that you add on to that, you know, man, if it's not flowing from Jesus or pointing to Jesus, we run the risk of derailing people and people walking in and feeling judged instead instead of being you know feeling in a place where they're being judged by God based off their sin. And the answer and hope is Jesus. They're coming in and they're like, "I got tattoos, or I've, you know, I have this, you know, uh, thing that I like to do. I smoke a cigarette every once in a while, or I, you know, whatever the case may be." And they're feeling judged by these things that we're holding up, and they're actually missing Jesus. And that's we don't want that. Yeah, I mean, we we talk about it here just to clarify on a point you just made of like stuff they like to do, just so it's not a um, kind of abstract. That there is like we we want people to know and love Jesus, and that would lead to life change. There is a behavior change that takes place when you truly trust in and submit your life to the Lordship of Christ. That means you don't do the things that are outlined in Scripture, right. because you don't want to, because you want to serve Jesus. But it only comes 
after the heart change. You don't conform to some set of rules to then uh, be saved. No, you're saved and then um, your behavior changes because your heart's change, your desires change. And so I just want to make that clear just so people don't mishear you. Yeah, uh, no, that's good. That's I actually mean, that's actually what, what, what I'm saying and agree with. But there, but there are these these kind of smaller things that, that Scripture does not speak to explicitly um, when it comes to forbidding them, like, you know, alcohol, uh, dancing, you know, um, worship yeah. style. Well, and the irony is these things that are held up, right? Uh, um, you know, all, all of these different facets I, we go back to alcohol dancing drinking i mean i know. i grew I, I went to a church once and the pastor was like you know how i know the the worship is worshipful to god and how he how i know and we i was like what and he he said uh if my toe isn't tapping that's how i know it's reverent and worshipful to the lord oh. and i was like hmm okay i mean obviously he he would have said that contemporary worship today is uh, i mean or if you go to any african-american church he would have been like oh, you know and that's just well you, you just like you know david dance like, yeah i mean you can't int- use drums and yeah, guitars yeah. and you know only stringed instruments and some people are but but the irony is right when you go back and look at the pharisees they had all these things they had hedged the the law with but the reality was their hearts were a mess and I think this is the problem, right? For so long, the church has had a lot to say about things like how long your hair is and what you wear to church and whether or not you dance or drink or what you say. But they didn't care about the racism that was happening in our country. Yeah, you know, or they, they, yeah they didn't care about the, the lack of justice that was there. Um, they, they didn't care about the massive gaps of, of serving the, uh, the those that are in need, looking at noticing the marginalized. Um, there, there was just this misses and what it means to actually love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah, but I, man, we're holding up these rules. I don't know how I would love to hear your thoughts on how we got away from that in America, because like you look at the early church, you know, first, second, third, fourth century, and they were known as the the foster caregivers and the they would care for the widows and the orphans like that. That's what people knew. They Christian. were establishing hospitals yeah, they, and education centers. They, they wanted to help people, right? Because that they believed that that was uh, part of their mission as believers, and it's documented. Like first century Christians were known for taking in the orphans, taking in the helping the widows. Like where like maybe it was easy in America because you like there's abundance and a lot of things. Not everyone, but like why do you think America kind of uh, we got away from that, so to speak. I think part of it is we we had to find something to hide behind because we weren't being faithful in so many other areas. One of them that was just obvious area was the issue of racism. And yeah. that was just like this massive exposed area. And so, you know, you're like, you're at a place where you've got to hide behind something. So it's like, well, we're going to hide behind, you know, you got to wear this to church. You got to wear your hair like this and you can't see these things and, you know, don't watch these shows. And don't. so, so now we're looking at that and we're going, man, we can grade ourselves over here and, and not really acknowledge all these things that are happening up over here. Um, and, and so I think in a lot of ways in America, um, because I mean, you go back to talk about the founding. I mean, we were, we were founded with slavery as a massive part of our, our heritage and so that was a it was a massive um, gap culturally, and so we're, we're I think we started to have to grab for straws in other places, and so you know then you mix in some of the the Catholic influence and some of the high church influences from uh, Europe and places like that, and you start to marry those things together. Um, you know I think you get where we are. And and listen, I don't have anything against tradition um, or certain high church practices so long as. It doesn't distract people from Jesus, and so long as you clarify why you're doing it. I think this is another problem. There's some things I really appreciate about high church, but if you don't ask why, you don't know. When you hear the why, you're like, man, that's actually awesome. That that really beholds God for who he is. That really worships Jesus well. Um, But there's this just kind of, you know, we just— we're just doing the same thing, and we and you don't really understand why. So I don't. I'm not this attack against tradition. 
I, I just have caution flags everywhere to say we have to be very, very careful with what we're doing. And so at, at our church, the way we say it is, it, it either flo- flows from Jesus or points to Jesus. That's how we dictate, you know, what we do from the tradition standpoint. When it comes to, like, what we hold up is what it means to live as a Christian, um, it's Jesus first and then life change second, like you held up earlier. I think that's a, that's a huge piece of this. We don't lead with conformity. Um, we want to see transformation happen, and that happens from the inside out. And so we're starting with Jesus, and then as we walk in light of who Jesus is, there's a lot of freedoms that exist. And so we want to give freedom where freedom is in Scripture, where Scripture doesn't speak explicitly. We want to use implicit wisdom from God's Word, uh, but we don't want to speak explicitly in places where Scripture speaks implicitly, you know. Yeah, that's really good. I think there's, you know, tradition has to serve a purpose to point us to Christ, and that's that's got to be very explicit from the people doing it to be able to like, for example, communion and baptism, like that, that is technically tradition established by Christ, but it directly. And when we do it here at, at our church, we, we make it a point to say why we're doing it and what it points to and who's like the reason we do it. Whereas it's not, you know, you need to uh, pray these prayers every day in order to, you know, be right with God. Yeah. Or, or you need to cut your hair short because, you know, that's what the Lord says. It's right. like, well, no, that's not what the Bible says. And once again, I, I just think this is an important plug for everyone who's listening as a believer to know your Bible. Right. Like, uh, to part of this is that people, I think, overlooked knowing their Bible enough and knowing, not just knowing what the Bible says, but knowing how to interpret it rightly to be able to combat some of these times when people have yep. stood up and were like, this should be a rule. Right. Uh, if there were more bi- biblical literate people there to be like, ah, maybe it, w- maybe it wouldn't have been such an impact. And recognizing our own hearts that we have a need to rift. You know, we, we yeah. want to, we want to put our fingers on and say like, let's tweak and add. I and mean, we saw this with the Pharisees. We still do this today. Now, are there freedom? Is there freedom to do certain thing? Absolutely. Whether or not we sing five songs, 10 songs or two songs, freedom. The point is that we sing. Now, for us, even as we sing the songs that we sing, you talked about this with baptism and communion, songs we sing, they exalt Jesus. They point to Jesus. The sermons that we preach, they exalt Jesus. They point to Jesus. You should never walk out of here on a weekend feeling like the hero. You should always walk out of here seeing Jesus as That's the good. hero. You know? yeah. And so even those elements that we do, um, but there, there is, there's different freedoms in how we function, how we operate uh, when we gather and, and the things that we do. We just got to make sure that we're, we, we speak where Scripture speaks and we're silent where, where Scripture's silent. Yeah, and we can apply biblical wisdom to areas where we need to try to glean, but there's not, when Scripture doesn't make a hard or fast rule, then we don't need to impose our own, you know, uh, human sinful rules there. Um, I think a last point here is just that because we live in the Bible Belt, we interact with a lot more people who have been, who, who have rejected this moralistic American form of false Christianity, basically. And so what, what piece of advice in close would you give to people as they go out and interact with people and, and share the real gospel with these people? Yeah, I think being reminded that most people's interaction with Jesus and with Christianity uh, comes through the church. And so as the church, we've got to be mindful of that, that when we encounter people, when people either walk in at a weekend gathering, walk into community group, or we're having coffee, you still represent the church as a Christian— um, that you are mindful that you don't hold up um, morals or legalistic principles for people to adhere to, but you point to Jesus and show folks 
that ultimately the Christian life is characterized by our response to what Jesus has done for us. We've got to start there. Is there life change demands for Christians? Absolutely. I mean, Jesus says, come and die. That's what it means to follow me. For sure, there are things that you give up, that you die to. We should die to ourselves daily, 10 times a day, 20 times a day. Um, But those things happen after we've understood what Jesus has done for us. They don't happen before. And I think if we're not careful, the picture that the church gives the world is that you have to conform first and that as you conform, God's then happy with you. The, the gospel is the opposite of that, that there's nothing you could ever do to make God happy with you. Um, that, that God actually uh, did everything necessary to save you and redeem you. Yeah, and then um, when you behold that more, you, that's right. you want to uh, become more like him. That's right, and that's and, what Paul does, right? He actually, he's the one that even gives you the ability to do that, right? Through the power of the Holy Spirit. Right. And so the, the fatigue and the exhaustion, the burnout, the rejection of the church often happens when we put conformity first because that's in our power, that's in our efforts, that's not being transformed, yep. that's you seeking to be conformed. And man, it just doesn't, it doesn't work well. Yeah, no, that's really good. And I appreciate you clarifying that. I enjoyed talking about this topic. And if you've got any questions or maybe this is your story and this speaks to you directly uh, and you've got uh, comments and clarifying questions that you want to ask, please feel free to send those to us at Pastor Mike at imageatl.com. Send us an email, ask your questions about um, living beyond Sunday in everyday Christian life or questions about uh, this type of Christianity that we're talking about. Um, we'd love to be able to discuss those here. But until next time, we just pray that uh, that you are able to share the gospel, that you're able to behold Jesus more and abide with him more and more each day. 